Okay, uh, let me respond. Welcome to the third and final hour of the talking point. Let me respond to those that did ask me question. I will respond to the the one who references me uh, saying the children must be heard. You know, the sad thing about radio is I'm not in control of when and at what time you switch on. And uh, sometimes you miss the context of what I'm saying when you switch on. Um, And in relation to children being heard, my reference point was this is not uh, 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 I even and use, I said this is not 1954 or 1948 where we used to say children should be seen and not heard. When I say your child should be heard, I mean you need to have conversations with your child. Uh, you know, And I'm not saying uh, your child must be heard to an extent where they want to have sex. I think that's a dangerous thing uh, that you allude to, the person who, who, who said that. But interestingly enough, speaking of sex... We do live in a country where this year alone, we saw an exorbitant number of children getting pregnant, children, underage children getting pregnant. And we didn't be as outraged as we needed to be about it, as outraged as we are about the issue of children getting vaccinated. But interestingly enough, uh, one of you doesn't talk about the Child Act. Go and read the Child Act. Did you know that in South Africa, children as young as 12 can consent to certain things regarding to their health outside of just the COVID vaccine, including getting an abortion? Did you know that? You didn't know that. But you saying, "Eh, my child is not going to do that. How do you know the things that they do and they don't do when you're not there? That's why I was saying for me, what I like about this whole thing of the issue of consent with children and the vaccine is that I'm hoping it will force conversations between the children and their parents. Because in many families, in many families, people disagree on whether or not to get the vaccine. They do. So that forces conversation, does it not? That's, why I, that's what I was meaning when I was saying, hear your children. Hear their take. They have a world separate to you. They have experiences separate to you. Just allow for the conversation to flow. After that, I suppose a family decision will be made, but allow for those conversations to happen, conversations that previously you may not have had with them. I hope I am understood. Thank you. It's 14 past 11. We shift gear now and invite you to participate because we're talking issues of uh, local government, uh, because, of course, we're going to the local government elections on the 11th of November. And on the 1st, I'm sorry, woo, on the 1st of November, how is Salga addressing the problems that end up leading to service delivery because at this time we're talking a lot and continuously about issues of service delivery Uh, but there is what they call the South African Local Government Association and how are they addressing uh, the issues of poor service delivery because as an organization they are responsible for ensuring that their members are empowered and they're capacitated to provide good services to the people at local government level and uh, what programs are in place and what are the challenges that are being faced by the South African Local Government Association. The organization has previously mentioned that some barriers to good service delivery by its members include political party infighting, tick, bad leadership, tick, and councillors that 
are downright not competent. As the municipal election date nears, we have heard how residents in most parts of South Africa are complaining about mayors that are indifferent and councillors that are incompetent. So what can be done to address this and to interrogate this? And we hope, by the way, you can join uh, the conversation uh, because you normally do at this time on 714, uh, rather 011-714-2006 or 41391 or an SMS or WhatsApp 061-410-4107. Uh, we're joined uh, in, to interrogate this conversation by Councillor Begmuzi uh, Stofile, who is chair uh, for Councillor Welfare Governance and International Relations, and also Professor Yap Difusser, who is director at the Dula Omar Institute uh, University at the University of Cape Town. Good morning to uh, the both of you. And I suppose a good place to start would be how do we make sure that uh, we have local governments that promote stability, that allow development to take place, uh, that create sustainable com- uh, you know, communities that are run by people that are competent so that we don't have this discussion again in the next five years. Let's start with you, uh, Councillor Stofile, and good morning. Good morning to you and to your listeners, and uh, I wish to greet the prof uh, on that side too. Um I think there are a few basic things that it must be done properly. Uh, to us, as you know, uh, the association has been um, um, explaining this matter over and over and again, that what is in one important issue that we need to look at is to tinkle the balance of uh, allocation of the bigger cake that the country is managing, which is due. Uh, as you know, over 50% of the allocation is to the national, 40% to provinces, and below uh, uh, 10% to, to, to local government. And then that it must be uh, built with the capacity of individuals that are uh, deployed to, to local government. And when you look into these uh, figures and developments over a period of time, and, and read it, uh, looking into the local government white paper of 1998, which is expecting that uh, uh, local government had to derive its income from its ability to collect over uh, 90%. And looking into the economy of the country and the world that is being eight, and then put a lot of pressures uh, into into local government uh, system uh, to swiftly and respond to the key mandates uh, as, as enshrined in the Constitution in terms of uh, local government to, to manage those issues. And uh, I think the other issue that we need to spend a little bit of time to it is the ability of government uh, to avoid working in silos, but to work uh, co- collaboratively and collectively in, in dealing with challenges that people are facing. Uh, and, of course, guided by the... Um, uh, Intergovernmental Relations Framework Act, uh, which compels spheres of government to operate and uh, with an intention to render service to our communities. And, and, and this, together, in our view as an association, we see local government space, municipal space, as, if you like, take it as a business. 
where the business and the shareholders in that business takes a keen interest. And part of taking a keen interest is to identify board members that will serve their interest. So at the end of the day, they as the shareholders receive the returns on the investment that they've made in that business. So in our characterization of this business of local government, and that is why it's enshrined in the Constitution, is our committees and political parties that are... Ooh. They contest elections, identify councillors, and give those councillors into local government sector. And it is our expectation, therefore, uh, to give the sector at least individuals that are fit for purpose, able to be agile, deal with matters that are affecting uh, affecting communities. And the requirements for that fit for purpose, because I hear those words so many times. In fact, uh, you know, I've heard the president say the words fit for purpose so many times. You know, how do we make sure, even at the at this point, uh, that the councillors are fit for purpose? And how do we make sure that people are appointed that do not, part of the challenge of service delivery is the mismanagement of funds, that do not mismanage funds? Uh, I, th- I think to me, we, we, we need to look local government in, in two arms. Uh, I believe also the law... Uh, see local government as a three-legged pot. Uh, The two arms which are also important in this uh, uh, business called local government is the administration part and the political part. You'll know in the administration part, Salga over a period of years has been looping that it is important that there are said requirements and skills, capacity, qualifications of individuals to be deployed, to be employed in the local government sector. So every period of time, with that noise, engagement, lobbying of Salga, we have managed at least to turn the corner insofar as that lag in the two lag that I'm talking about. Salga currently is busy lobbying and engaging various political parties as you go to the 1st of November. Can, can, individual... I, pause you, can I pause you, please, uh, 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 Councillor Stofile, because I have to quickly go to a commercial break. I want to allow you enough space uh, to finish your trail of thought properly. Uh, we are having a conversation about addressing the problems that lead to service delivery. Uh, Begmuzi Stofile, Councillor, Begmuzi Stofile is Chair of the Councillor Welfare, Governance and International relations and uh, we're talking to Salga will also be joined later by Professor Jab Defesa, Director Dula Omar Institute at the University of the Western Cape. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Welcome back. It's uh, 11.24. The conversation is how is Salga addressing the problems that lead to poor service delivery? And uh, we're having this uh, conversation because we're trying to figure out the factors that affect local governance to be efficient. And this conversation that we are having, we've been having with uh, Councillor Begumuzi Stofile, who is the chairperson for Councillor Welfare and Governance and International Relations. And uh, I'm hoping 
thinking that uh, Professor uh, Defesser, uh, Professor Yab Defesser, has also joined the conversation. He is director at the Dula Omar Institute at the University of uh, the Western Cape. And on the podium was still uh, Councillor Begumuzi Stofile, uh, the chairperson of uh, Councillor Welfare Governance and International Relations. You were talking about uh, where administration uh, uh, begins and uh, political party uh, 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 where the, the merging, if you may, of administration and the requirements of political parties uh, happens. Uh, uh, Councillor Stofile, I want to allow you the space to finish the trail of thought that you had earlier. Um, thank, you for, thank you very much for, for the opportunity once again. <clears throat> I, I was saying, at least at the, at the administrative level, um, I, I must say, over a period of time with lobbying, we have managed to to, to get some um, uh, frog jump forward uh, because it is um, uh, understood and accepted that individuals that are at the administrative technical side need to be individuals that are, are suitable, qualified, uh, skilled to, to, to service the, the, the area because they need to support uh, the political part, which ultimately it must be an oversight role. Now, at the, 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 the work that we are busy with as an association and we have been engaging various political parties, which in our view are shareholders of this business called local government together with the communities because they are the ones that are identifying uh, councillors to be count representative uh, of communities in various municipalities. Our engagement with them is uh, we understood uh, we understand the, the, the constitutional uh, requirements, which it says uh, individual has a right uh, to, to form and belong to a political formation, and he has a right to contest or to be available for elections, irrespective of what it should have or possess that individual. We understand that and we accept that. And then what we are then saying to them, it is then important that as you then exercise that right of deploying, if you want, uh, for uh, lack of a better word, deploying a councillor to represent you and the constituency. You need to look into at least to a person that will be able to play an effective oversight role over the individuals that happen to be employed as directors and senior managers in municipal manager space, uh, which who happen to have qualifications. And then this is the conversation that we are having with the various political parties that in uh, 2021 local government elections, we expect things to be different mm. yes, uh, in terms of individuals coming into, into the sector. Yeah. Let's uh, welcome uh, Professor uh, Defesser, who joins uh, the conversation now. Prof, good morning. Uh, the the core question that I'd asked the councillor at the beginning of our conversation is how do we improve the quality of governance at, at local government level and municipalities? What do we need to do uh, to promote stable uh, municipalities, to allow real development to take place and to create sustainable communities so that we don't keep on having these same conversations uh, that we have uh, whenever we're approaching the local government uh, elections. Good morning and welcome. Good good morning and, and thanks for having me and um, and also good morning to, uh, to Councillor Stofila. And of course, you, your question is 
is is absolutely critical. And I think these elections are going to be a watershed uh, moment in in the history of South Africa. I think we're just seeing too um, too many municipalities plagued by um, difficulties in in governance, very serious difficulties. So so the council that we are going to elect on the first of November will be absolutely critical in either continuing with with some of these problems that we're seeing or or have all been sort of a new era of, of better governance. Because I do think that in many of the municipalities where we see these deep-seated problems and lack of service delivery, if you analyze what happens in those municipalities, there's often almost always a problem in exactly the kind of issues that Councillor Stofile pointed out, where there is insufficient uh, clarity on the part of the councillors in terms of where their role begins and where their role ends. I have just finished reviewing all the case law pertaining to local government governance over the last two years, and it, and it gives you a good insight into what the courts have been dealing with over the last two years in terms of of, of really, um, I can't call it otherwise, but, but, but nasty infighting and collapsing governance arrangement in municipalities where political parties are internally hopelessly divided, uh, coalition politics collapses, um, council meetings degenerate into into a circus. Of course, uh, that doesn't happen all over. Every municipality is unique and has its own story, and mm. some of them are doing exceedingly well. But L- let me pause we, you. I'm sorry, need... Prof. Let let me pause yes. you so I can quickly go to news headlines, and then you can uh, f- finish your thinking when I come back from uh, from news headlines. Uh, we're interrogating okay. uh, obviously the problems at uh, local government, and please join in the conversation. It's uh, 11:30. It's time for the news headlines. Luanda Maome is standing by. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM. Welcome back. It's uh, 11.32. Just in case you uh, just joined us, uh, we're talking uh, how is Salga addressing the problems that lead to the issue of poor service delivery in uh, municipality. As an organization, they are responsible for ensuring that their members are empowered and they're capacitated to provide good services to the people at local level and and make sure that the programs that are in place, uh, you know, that need to be in place are there. And uh, we also wanting to interrogate what are the challenges that are being faced by the South African Local Government Association. Uh, the organization, as you know, has previously uh, mentioned that there's some barriers uh, to good service delivery by its members, and those include political party infighting, bad leadership, and councillors that are not competent. As the municipal election date nears, we've heard how residents are complaining about indifferent mayors and indifferent councillors, Councillors who are incompetent. So, what can be done to address this so that we don't have the same conversation in five years' time? And we invited Councillor Begmuzi Stofile, who's chair of Councillor Welfare, uh, Governance, and International Relations, and also Professor Yapti Fesser, who is director at the Dula Omar Institute uh, at the University of uh, the Western Cape. And I apologize, I had to interrupt you there for news headlines, uh, but I think uh, I can allow you the space then uh, to continue because you were answering my question prof where I was asking how how do we even improve it uh, to make sure we promote stability we allow for development to happen uh, we create sustainable com- communities yeah thanks and, and no problem you know there, there's um, 
there's a lot of systemic issues that we can talk about where local government fits in and how hard it is for local government to, 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 to do its job. But I think just talking about this particular moment that now stares us in the face, these elections, for me there are two issues. The one is I really hope that voters go to the, go to the polls with the question, how am I going to vote and, and uh, am I going to hold my political parties and, and the candidates, am I going to hold them accountable for service delivery in this municipality? Has they performed? Um, rather than asking the question, you know, where do I have mythical feelings towards a particular party? Or do I hate the other party so much that I want to vote for, for this party? Uh, we, we need voters to exercise their vote based on the performance in that municipality. Uh, I think that, for me, is a very important important consideration. And once these councils are elected, then, of course, Salga has a critical role to play to support and educate and, and train and equip these councillors with the necessary knowledge and, and skills, to the extent that they don't have it yet, uh, to be able to, to exercise oversight and be uh, champions of their community as opposed, to just, as opposed to just being there to collect the salary and to have mm. access to power, because mm. we've seen too much of that. Councillors mm. uh, that occupy positions seemingly mm. only uh, with their own interest in mind, uh, mm. securing appointments, staff appointments for their families and their friends and influencing tenders, uh, collapsing mm. uh, uh, councils just for the sake of politics, I think that that really needs to end because that is at at the, at the root of some of of many of the problems that we see in in local governments. So I think these elections are critically critically important going forward. That's interesting to me. The issue of uh, holding uh, uh, you know uh, political parties or, or councillors, if you may, accountable for for their performance. Because I think on the ground that's actually not a very easy thing to do for people in communities. Because we know we've heard. The stories of people who say, you know, councillor so and so, mayor so and so, does not care, does not even care to take the time to hear my issues. How then do they exercise that right to hold them accountable for their performance as their performance is rolling out in in the five years? And perhaps you can take that one, uh, uh, councillor Stofile. Uh, I think Saluda over a period of time as of. That uh, yes, develop a consequence management framework, and uh, we have presented that uh, to to various platforms, including Parliament and so uh, to 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 have consequences on the conduct and the manner in which doesn't befit the standard of the office in which uh, the municipal council uh, is occupying, and this is informed by, as you know that um, when shareholders identify directors and ask directors to go and represent the interest of the business so that the business realizes returns on the investment made in that business, there are consequences. And, and therefore, uh, if that director or those that the group of those directors are not performing their duties mm-hmm. and, 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 and be compliant with the uh, prescripts of law, and uh, there are consequences of that. And, and for that reason, and that is why we have made uh, that one. Mm. Um, communities, as far as we stand, where we are standing as, as an association, we see communities as uh, important shareholders. Mm. And what is important in this business of theirs, because their returns on their investment is the quality service that they receive. 
And uh, that is why I think Prof, uh, greeting Prof anyway, even though I greet you late, Prof is raising an important issue that having, receiving these counsellors, what we have been doing, we have been partnering with institutions of higher learning, and we have been developing training capabilities in the association so that these counsellors are trained, capacitated, they can be able to respond to any challenge. Mm. However, one thing that South Africans must always accept, government is three spheres of government, interrelated, independent, expected to work together cooperatively, and that is why a corporate um, intergovernmental relations framework. The unfortunate thing is, is the inability of other spheres to play an effective role to make sure that local government does succeed in its work. Mm. Communities suppose, in terms of the constitution, non-negotiable as shareholders of the business to actively take full participation in the local government business. So how do we resolve this? It's important for us to always remember that when we stand on the queue, we are investing our last penny to have returns on that investment and that it means service delivered it must be expeditiously dealt with and so that our, our problems are dealt with. Okay. Anonymous in Guazul Natal wants to join this conversation. I see you, Anonymous. Uh, please be patient with me just a little long. I need to go to uh, a commercial break and then come back and have you ask my guests a question. And uh, if you want to join in the conversation, please do so. We are on 011-714-2006. We are SAFM. On, uh, uh, also, you can uh, tweet us on at SAFM Radio or, and hashtag SAFM talking point and we are also on whatsapp on 0614104107 how is salga addressing the problems that lead to the problem of poor service delivery in our in our converse, in our country and that is what we are having a conversation about we'll continue that conversation in a short while it's 11:40 you are listening to kg mwekezi on SAFM. You're listening to The Talking Point on SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide. We are in conversation with Councillor Begmuzi Stofile, Chair uh, for Councillor Welfare, Governance and International Relations uh, and uh, Professor Yap Defesser, who's Director, Dula Oma Institute at the University of uh, the Western Cape. And uh, the discussion is around how SALGA, the South African Local Government Association, is addressing the problems uh, that lead, that end up leading to poor service delivery and uh, Anonymous in Guazul Natal wants to join in on the conversation. Good morning, Anonymous. Welcome to SAFM. Thank you, Komutsu, uh, and good morning to you. A good day to you and your guest as well. Uh, the question I need to ask first, you talked about inefficient uh, councillors. We have a chief whip for the, each area, for the councillors on each area, I think. Uh, why the chief whip does not address the problem or the complaints of the, the public? at large. And also, uh, the, the councillors don't even carry, SELGA does not even send the inspectors or not widely advertised who the public should complain to about councillors when they have a problem. They're not widely advertised. They only come on the radio station and they'll talk on the radio station, but they're not widely advertised on the local papers or where the people are getting free papers 
that are uh, no charge. They'll advertise the paper that's uh, expend, uh, the, the paper that you have to pay for, where people can't afford to buy those paper. And, I'd, and furthermore, why do counselors not have a portfolio or a curriculum vitae advertised? Everyone, even the heads of department, what are, what are their abilities and capabilities? Because some of the counselors, or the DA counselor I'm talking about uh, in my area, all four of them from here to Tongat, they don't have a portfolio and they're elected for the next 20 years. One PR counselor is going to be there for 20 years if he's elected this year. The DA wins. Right. And uh, counselors are there for 10 years, 15 years, but we don't know their portfolio, what their abilities are, what their capabilities are. Everyone should know their counselor. How do you know your counselor's ability? The counselors don't have a diary, can't even, don't even carry a diary. They don't even know how to use a, a computer or how to send an email for on behalf of you. So how do you have people like that on duty? Hmm. Please give us their portfolios. So we will we will reason for our own uh, for ourselves. The public will understand uh, the, uh, what they elected, what type of councillors they have elected, and the DA is, uh, has a comparison with the ANC that they got the councillors first, but they got the same councillors. They never put new, uh, new councillors. That's the difference. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anonymous. Okay, um, uh, let me go through a couple of calls, and I'm hoping my guests uh, will uh, take notes and then respond collectively to at least the ones that we will have had up to the time I go back to them. David, you're in Overberg. Good morning. Welcome. Hi. Good morning, Kathy. Thanks for taking my call. Kathy, I just, my concern about the local government elections is that the electorate does not seem to appreciate that they need to to elect councillors that are competent to hold the municipal officials to account. And those municipal officials, their responsibility should be to develop a long-term plan for each municipality, ideally 15 to 30 years. And thereafter, the councillors' jobs are to ensure that all the development that takes place are are in line with those plans. To me, national politics has a very small role to play in local government elections. But in all the electioneering that I've heard, it seems to be taking too much of a central spot rather than just concentrating on what councillors are elected to do for their local municipalities. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, David. And I am KG. Uh, Norman, you are in Daniel Scale in the Northern Cape. Hello, Norman. Hi, good morning to you and uh, good day to Councillor Stofilia and uh, the Professor. Uh, my my, my uh, take here, and I just wanted to add, in, um, I'm a, a very experienced councillor. I've been a councillor for about over 20 couple of years. And uh, what I've picked up, normally at the inception of councillors being inaugurated, there's, there's good... Uh, uh, induction courses that are conducted amongst councillors and uh, for the period just to give them a kickstart. Naturally, there is not a, a coherent process of empowering them. And also the small parties that comes into to the, the fray happens to come in without a particular project, but only there to defend and to oppose. I think be uh, cumbersome for all the councillors, the incumbents, and also new councillors that are coming in to be trained properly by, I think uh, Councillor Sophia has mentioned the point, that uh, they must be trained by their own uh, constituencies, and the constituencies must also look at the criteria 
of uh, electing these councillors to be nominated to stand in as uh, uh, councillors. My point uh, that I would uh, like to conclude with is uh, one would appreciate it if uh, Salga can, uh, apart from um, uh, moving people to tertiary uh, institutions, I also joined one of the tertiary institutions and did, uh, and currently are doing my municipal law at uh, the University of uh, Forte. But uh, a, a few people are joining in to empower them and to capacitate themselves. So there should be uh, further capacitation, but also the constituencies in our areas should be trained and be, be, be empowered to understand how to go about the selection process. And I want to applaud, for instance, what the, the current governing party has done now. They've uh, introduced that the political party uh, nominates and uh, 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 elects a few people which will be condoned and be finalized by the communities. Now, the communities can't do a good job if they are not empowered as well in that respect. I thank you. Okay, Norman. Uh, Dan, you are in the Northwest Province. Good morning, Dan. Welcome to SAFM. Not Ben, uh, Ben Bole. Oh, B- Ben as in uh, B-E-N. Yeah, B-E-N. Okay, okay, okay. Our our producer is Kimutswana. I'm sorry <laughs> no, about no. that, Ben. Uh, okay, so l- let's, let's hear what's on your mind, Ben. Yeah, look, I think we need to call for a national legislation here. The national legislation uh, that will actually regulate uh, 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 the entrance uh, to become a councillor, and uh, that national uh, legislation will then uh, set the bar and forces all the political parties in South Africa to begin to say, if you've got candidates who want to stand to become councillors, to serve in council. Uh, those uh, candidates, they must meet this minimum requirement uh, so that uh, we then uh, have men and women who've got capacity to participate in the complex environment uh, at the level of local government. Because for me, local government is our local parliament, and therefore we need men and women with a strong capacity to initiate bylaws Mm-hmm. and implement the bylaws at that particular level. That's number one. Number two, I think we've got a lot of legislations which are not used effectively to make sure that uh, local government responds to its mandate in Section 152 of the Constitution. Uh, from the provincial perspective, the province and the national, we need to measure and test to what extent is the province and national uses that uh, section 154, subsection 1 of the Constitution to make sure that uh, local government actually achieves its immediate mandate. Secondly, you'll see the Municipal Systems Act also, section 105, subsection 1, which gives the MEC mandate to establish a strong mechanism to be used to support local government. You've got also your intergovernmental relations framework, which actually was the premier to set up that particular 
committee that comprises of mayors and critical stakeholders in their province to begin to at least uh, assist this local government. So the current measures and legislation must also, we need to test to what extent are we actually using them. So that uh, next time when we talk of local government, when the elections are, are, are just around the corner, we can begin to reflect to say to what extent have we, have, have we used and implemented uh, measures that are there, that we have. Uh, 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 at our disposal. Thank okay. you very much. Okay, thank you. Uh, Andrew, you are in Winterfeld. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to SAFM. Oh, hello, Sisi. Uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, uh, look, I, I wanted to, I'm actually going to speak to the electorate or the voters. I actually want to explain to, to the people that they need to make sure that uh, they vote for the correct political parties in their wards and not only in the municipality. Because even if you have a, a, a good DA mayor in a, in a place like Cape Town or, or Chwani or Pretoria, like Randall Williams or, or whoever the other mayoral candidate is in Cape Town, but if in Kaeli, Cha or Mamilori or Kugule, you still have an ANC councillor, don't expect uh, any good service if that political party has a reputation of of corruption and so forth, because they are possibly not going to work hand in hand with a DA mayoral candidate if the DA mayoral candidate hands over cash to the to the ANC run wards, because those wards are possibly not going to use that money well. Because I keep on seeing uh, these service delivery protests that we see in townships, and we know that the majority of the townships in our country are not governed by uh, parties such as the Democratic Alliance or or, or, or other political parties, but they are governed by the, the 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 ANC councillors. Now in our in our ward, for example, I had to be the one who actually called the councillor for him to actually come and do his job with, with issues such as electricity. But he possibly knew that we had problems of electricity here, but he didn't come until I called I called him. And maybe he was afraid that I was going to hold him responsible for for him not doing his job and so forth. You know, okay. so people need to understand in the in, in township that we need to, to elect mayors that work uh, for that, that, that come from the same political party as a mayor so that they can work hand in hand and not fight against one another. Got it. Okay, I think uh, it's a very uh, uh, bag of issues that have been brought on the table, Councillor and Professor, uh, from people understanding their portfolios, issues of competency, uh, you know, coherent empowerment of uh, uh, the councillors and issues of whether uh, there's an effectiveness uh, between uh, coalitions. And maybe let's start with you, Prof. Uh, You can respond to any one of uh, the callers that came through and give your thoughts on what what they had to say. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I think some some excellent points coming through, and I think it's good to to realize again that that local government is a complex um, area to work in as a councillor, because uh, municipal councils have to take very complicated decisions, and and councillors often complain that they, they get confronted with 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 council agendas that are stacks and stacks and stacks of paper and, and lots of things to read and financial reports and technical reports. So it's, it's a complex environment. Yet the, the, the legal requirements for becoming a councillor, the, the bar is actually set very low. Um, there is no legal requirements for you to have certain competencies or qualifications uh, because that's very difficult to put in law. So the onus is on political parties to actually ensure that they field candidates that are of sufficient caliber 
to, to, to discharge their task. And I think the ruling party, the ANC, has gone through a process of vetting its councillors and ensuring that, 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 that people with, with the right calibre are, are, are coming in. Um, but the real question for the voters is going to be, when you're in that voting booth, you know, it's sort of the, the eye of the storm. You know, it's that moment when you have to make that choice. And then the question must be, uh, have they delivered? The political parties and, and, and the candidates that are in front of me, have they delivered on the promises that, that, that were made five years ago on, on the municipalities issues? And not so much on the national ideology or the national politics. Because I would agree with the point that was made that we, we, we're talking too much about national politics. And, and with, for example, when the earlier advert that was slighted about expropriation without compensation, it's not really a local government issue. Mm. We need to focus the discussion on what have the parties and candidates delivered in that municipality. On the issue of, of portfolios, you know, if, if a council is run well, if it's run properly, Every councillor would have a role, would have a seat in a committee uh, that focuses on a particular issue uh, and would develop a certain niche over, over, the, over the years of being a councillor. And of course, a ward councillor has a very broad um, mandate because he or she has to represent that constituency in the municipality and basically be a champion of that particular, uh, that particular community. And we find that certainly the, the party-aligned board has are more uh, uh, aligned to their political parties than, than, than to the communities that they represent. And I think that needs to be struck differently, where ward councillors really become champions of their ward. Of course, operating within a party political context, that is fine, but you must stand up for your ward, for your community, once it is time for you to do so. Yeah. Uh, Councillor, do you want to reflect on some of the things that were said by the callers? You know, I, I think Prof, Prof have, have covered uh, generally, but... Uh, Salga over the last period of its existence has been championing the process of capacity building. And that is why we have established relationship with various institutions of higher learning. Uh, so that because as we are the recipient of the product that comes out of elections and guided by various political parties, we, we thought that it is important for us to invest some significant investment in, in, in upping the skill and the capacity of councillors. Um, that, that's one issue, and uh, we are really proud of the relationship that we have institutions, various institutions in the country, and uh, we have contributed significantly in the current crop of councillors which are outgoing. And that is why we detest our argument with various political parties that going to 2021, if we were spending two, uh, I mean 2,000 for a, 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 a training, we wish to spend 20 rand. What does that mean? It means at least give us people that are at least there's a smaller gaps to be polished uh, so that they are able to deal with the challenges. As Prof said, council is completely different animal than the provincial and national government. Uh, it, that's where the real activities are taking place and, and therefore you need some skillful capability in dealing with that issue. I think the last issue on my side is that uh, we have been saying in Parliament and everywhere, we must deal with the elephant in the room. And uh, we are seeing some elements of uh, working towards in dealing with that elephant. However, uh, eating and chowing elephant, we are not going to deal with it over one day. It, it, there should be steps. One of the steps 
is the recognition that we need to identify suitable uh, uh, individuals that can perform as councillors so that they can play oversight role in council and making sure that the administration does account on the plans that they plan, they put together and present to council for council to play its oversight role. And as we round off our discussion, I think, uh, can we, can I give you each 30 seconds to deal with the issue of how we manage the problem of sound fin- financial management in uh, municipalities? You can go, Prof. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. You know, I, 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 I wanted think, to round off with the yeah. issue of sound financial management because in the end, it still comes down mm-hmm. to that. And how do we manage that? It's it's absolute precondition for, for, for any success in local government that there's sound financial management. And I want to reiterate the issue of consequence management. Uh, for example, we see very few people being prosecuted for financial malfeasance in local government. It's, it's coming now. It's slowly trickling in. But we need stronger consequence management for those who are found stealing and are abusing council funds. I think that's an absolute precondition. Uh, otherwise, we will not see any progress in, in local government. Yeah. The time is not on my side. Do you want to get your 30 seconds in, uh, Councillor Stofile, on sound financial management? Why do you invest money but you don't expect returns on the investment that you have made? I think that's good enough. Thank you. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Uh, Councillor Begmuz Stofile is chair of the Councillor Welfare Governance and International Relations at Salga. Professor Yabdifesar is a director at the Dula Omar Institute, University of the Western Cape. Thank you for having me. I love that we agree to disagree sometimes or disagree uh, or agree. Uh, Lebo Musso is the producer. Gwenzagile Ntlati is the producer. Sia Daniel was the technical producer today. So Living Redefined uh, with this Chabakleba comes between 1 and 4. But now it's time for Update at Noon with Sakina Kamwendo.